When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Pod Yourself a Gun. A Sopranos podcast where me and Vince Mancini go through every single episode of The Sopranos and And talk talk about about it. it. (laughs) Really appreciate all you being here once again. Just a reminder... Five stars in a review on the uh, the old Apple Podcast app. Um, do it. Got some great reviews uh, recently. Uh, a few of you admitted to having listened to this podcast for free uh, for a long time now and uh, decided, fuck it, I'm going to leave a review. And of course, I appreciate that. But also, why does it take so long for people to do that, Vince? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I guess it's just how they were raised. I know. They were clearly raised by fucking animals because uh you know my mother always taught me if you ever get something for free and there's an app in which you can give someone five stars in a review for the free thing you got to do it yeah so it's like rule one rule number one super fucked up um shame on all of you anyways thank you for doing that and uh five stars in a review also uh you know patreon.com slash broadcast obviously you get the $8 tier and you get a shout out. And we have some great shout outs at the end of this episode. Oh, boy. Aren't you excited for that? I Vince? sure am. <laughs> All right. Uh, he loves the call section. He'll look at him. He loves it. He loves it. All right. Enough of this. Let's start talking to our guest today. Our guest for episode uh, 12 of season five of The Sopranos, Long-Term Parking. Our guest, you know him and you love him from the We Hate Movies podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is Chris Cabin. Hello, fellas. How you doing? Doing great. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing pretty good. I'm catching you, what, three days after the high holiday? That's right. So, yeah, I mean... I, I mean, it's as much about the event as it is the cancellation of the Forrest Gump sequel to me. It's about what? as equal about. Uh, which uh, got- uh, Wait, what does Forrest Gump have to do with uh, the high holidays? September 11th. Uh, they canceled the Forrest the Gump sequel on 9-11. Wait, while, on- every, 
They were Are you made, serious? They, oh, I'm hundred percent serious. Yeah. Oh, I, I I assumed you guys knew about this. No, I had they, missed this completely. They were gonna do a Forrest Gump sequel. They were gonna oh, have him just like intercut with uh, footage from Al Qaeda training camps. Like he was gonna be on like the monkey bars with all the with all the guys in the turbans. And, uh, and that's joke, when I met Mohammed Atta. You know, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. No, if you, there's gonna be you joke. It was like the day bef- It was the day of the. It, it was like they had OJ him in the Bronco. Uh, in there, oh, they had him <laughs> ma- making friends with this Native American woman who dies in the Oklahoma City bombing. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was just, just going to say, and, is it like him, me and Mr. Timothy McVeigh was best gonna be like, I wish. There's going to be a backstory where he somehow uh, stretches out Khalid Sheikh Mohammed's collar and explains <laughs> how, why that collar was so stretched out on his T-shirt. <laughs> His son uh, has AIDS. It's like <laughs> the most obscene thing. And I was like, and I was like, so it took 9-11 to cancel this, huh? This was really that. It wasn't before that. You know, Damn. it's weird. That was, I didn't know wow. about the son having AIDS thing, but I've always said like in Forrest Gump, you know, Jenny dies of AIDS and then their kid right. is played by Haley Joel Osment. And then Haley Joel Osment goes on to star in uh, Walker, Texas Ranger as a kid with AIDS. With AIDS. And I always oh, said really? that they oh, like, must have taken place in the same universe. That's, dude, for, <laughs> That's uh, Walker, much. Texas Ranger is in the Forrest Gump universe. Yeah. yeah. Um, I bet you Chuck Norris maybe read the original script and loved it. Thought it was oh, yeah. just a yeah. hoot and a holler. <laughs> I'm not a smart man, but I've read the Turner Diaries. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that Mr. Turner gave me ice cream. <laughs> I'm not a smart man, Jenny, but the grasping (laughs) hand of the Negro is the problem. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'm not a smart man, but I know who runs the media down here. Oh, man. I love just like he turns into exactly the type of Alabama guy that we expected him to be. Uh, Anyways, uh, but Chris Cabin. This yes. is uh, this is a, a podcast where we discuss The Sopranos, and I, of course, love to interview my guests at the beginning and ask, uh, do you like The Sopranos? Oh, I love it. Oh, I love the Sick. shit out of this show. Yeah. Uh, I have, like, deep nostalgia for this show, more than I would think maybe even The Simpsons, like, that. it would be always an argument. I'm, mm-hmm. like, such a cliche. Like, it's The Sopranos and The Simpsons, guys. Those are the two good ones. Those uh, yeah, those are the but, two most memed TV shows online. Yes. I think so. I think yeah, for you're not sure. wrong. Uh, and I both grew up in a kind of criminal family, mm. uh, and I this was like the show first show like at the bus stop you would talk about for me. Yeah, like yeah. this was it for me and my extremely Italian neighbor friend Mark. Yeah, um, and it, 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 I have I, everything when everything happens in this i'm like oh yeah i remember that oh yeah i remember that like it's just Wait, imprinted so on me tell me more about your criminal family <laughs> oh so uh my granddad ran a book for the jewish mafia in pittsburgh um oh, shit. he ran a grocery store and did the book on the side um my dad uh here's a picture of my dad getting arrested in the new york times mm-hmm. Uh, oh, awesome. He he, he uh, ran some scheme. He was working with uh, he was working under Mario Cuomo and he ran some scheme and he got caught. Uh, so like I, I have all and he was a scheme. I mean, he's just been always like a schemer. So like I just I know these kinds of characters and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I get it completely. That's I crazy. This. 
I love um, it. There was the Jewish mafia too. That's yes. like, oh, that's a cool. To me, feels redundant. The, you know, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> I've always thought that the, the the coolest thing ever was the existence of a Jewish mafia, just because like. Uh, you know, it, we, growing up, you're you feel like the least tough guy, like the only tough Jews are like Israelis. You know, oh, uh, yeah. those are the, those are the only ones you're like, oh, those guys are tough. And then us American Jews are always just, uh, you know, nebbishy and weird, and you feel you like some jokes. We're pretty good with the yeah, jokes. Very <laughs> funny. I mean that, but that was like. That's pretty much it. It was like, oh, those guys are funny and, you know, but it wasn't like tough. And then you look back at the history of the mafia and you're like fucking Bugsy Siegel or uh, fucking what's his name? Roth Rothman. What is uh, a Rothstein? Rothstein. Rothstein. Arnold Rothstein. Rothstein. Yeah. And Meyer Lansky. Meyer Lansky. It's just like, damn, we used to we used to fucking we used to have some clout. I mean, gangsters. he, I mean, uh, my memories of my grandfather is of him saying nothing and watching the TV. Uh, <laughs> That's so the scariest. <laughs> I, I don't have much in in terms of stories. I was just yeah. told these things. Uh, and I was like, what I, I, I always think about, I'm like, did he ever like seem tough or anything? I'm like, no, he's just always slouched over in his chair watching yeah. like Night Court or some shit. Yeah, but he's, well, I mean, you know. if you've seen like old movies, you know that the bar on Tough was pretty low back in the day because, like, yeah, you know, like Superman was like George Reeves, who was just like you know a hundred and seventy pound Stocky. guy with like yeah, kind yeah. of a kind of a beer belly. Yeah, yeah, or like yeah. old photos of boxers facing off, and you're just like, those look like regular people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why? Why are we asking regular people to fight each other? You have to have a hard stomach of some sort. It should either be very like nicely shapened or humongous. And yeah, right. You're tough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, be a big guy or you know, you know, uh, those Irish guy. people got the extra muscle in their neck from eating all the potatoes. You don't want to. That's right. You don't want to square I, off against them. Oh, they're a very athletic bunch. Uh-huh. I, I do. I love that old timey racism. Yeah, uh, in basketball, used to be like like now racism in basketball is calling every black player athletic and every white player like having a high basketball IQ or mm-hmm, something. Gritty. It used it used to be the same thing, except it was the Irish were the very athletic ones, <laughs> and uh, and the uh, the Jewish basketball players were the ones with the high IQ. So that's a lot of fun, you know. Yeah, old timey racism is great. But, uh, you know, this is not a podcast about old-timey racism. I mean, it sort of is. (laughs) Kind of. Yeah, it seems. A little bit. It it mostly (laughs) is. But this is more so a Sopranos podcast, and we, of course, cannot start the podcast out correctly without first playing the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen and everyone else, today... We are talking about from season five of The Sopranos, episode 12, Long Term Parking, uh, which premiered May 23rd, 
2004. Vince, could you please break us off a little piece of that synopsis? I sure can. Uh, where'd he go? Oh, there it is. Tony makes a request to Johnny Sack on behalf of his cousin, and Adriana makes a request to the FBI, followed by one to Chris. Great synopsis, IMDb. You're always giving out all the good information in your synopses. Um, Very request-heavy. But Vince, (laughs) what was happening when this episode uh, premiered? Yeah, I think what you're trying to say is that Mm -hmm. we cannot evaluate uh, art divorced of its cultural context Absolutely. Uh, and so I, I'm here to provide that context. Uh, and for that, we go to the Remember When machine. Walk, walk, daddy, daddy, bop, bop, shoo, bop. Remember then, 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 then. Remember. Remember when is the lowest form of conversation. That's was right. That re- and Was that recorded directly on a street corner or <laughs> did you get a yeah. booth for that? I went to the nearest uh, street light uh, uh-huh. in Jersey, and I just looked for a doo-wop group who could yeah. just do that song The for first us. step was finding some guys who were doo-wopping, and then the second step was figuring out how to cut them out of royalties for the song that they made. <laughs> and yeah. uh, we did it. We did it together. That's Throw my down. specialty. <laughs> Throw down four or five fancy jackets on a street corner. All of a sudden, they appear. Yeah, uh, yeah uh. so for our Remember When Machine today, we're going all the way back to May 23rd, 2004. Uh, you know, it was a great time to be alive. Great we're time. All kinds of, we're fighting Moqtada al-Sadr in, uh, mm-hmm. in Iraq. Uh, and uh, elsewhere, China announces that tests of a SARS vaccine have started on humans. Oh, so all right. Jeez, oh, that's, that's good. That's a blast from the past. SARS. I only remember from a, a really terrible South Park episode. Me too. That's that is my uh, my main uh, like. Whenever I think of SARS, I think of South Park, just doing a bunch of uh, low key <laughs> racist jokes about SARS. Uh, those are you know there was a time when South Park did that stuff, and I was like, it's okay because racism's over. You no. know? <laughs> yeah. Some, sometimes they're either trying to hit the high uh, high key on those ones. Oh yeah. Uh, oh. Uh, but yeah, I I completely forgot about that and the blanket thing. Mm. Yeah, the blanket stuff. Yeah, they they were putting stars in blankets. Good yeah. times. Good well, times. Hopefully, Fun. you know that uh, you know vaccines and 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 worldwide viruses never come back into the news in any well, way. Well, China's they they handled it, so it's all yeah, good. I can't see anything happening in the future vis-a-vis SARS viruses uh, spreading all over the world. Uh, Other things that happened, uh, the Dugers, uh, what's his face and what's her face, gave birth to their 15th child, uh, Jackson Levi, which was delivered via her second cesarean. Um, Are they all still alive? Yeah, they're they, going. Uh, th- one or two of them have to be dead by now, right? Well, like statistically, yes. Yeah, a couple of them, of them. Ha- are like sex l- registered sex offenders now. Oh well, that's yeah. Okay. That's also statistically About a thing that right. was going to happen. Which yeah, yeah. You, yeah. who could have ever seen that coming? Raising fifteen <laughs> no. insanely religious no. uh, dipshits <laughs> in the same stupid house in Arkansas or wherever in your uh, house d- dash compound. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's our, we have our own little mini Bin Laden family, you know, yeah. just like yeah. having as many kids as possible and doing religious extremism. Yeah. Not quite as cute, but there are no, no, not as cute. 
Um, <laughs> elsewhere, Libyan leader Muammar al-Qaddafi has w- walks out of the Arab League summit in Tunis, uh, stating there is one agenda laid out by the Arab people and another by the Arab governments. Uh, mm. While conceding that there was little the Arab governments could do about the American and British occupation forces in Iraq, he said they could collectively threaten smaller countries like Italy, Australia, and Bulgaria that have sent troops. Uh, mm-hmm. The Arabs mm-hmm. are not doing anything to retaliate against these countries, the Libyan leader said. The Arab summit should have warned these countries to withdraw their forces from Iraq or else they should consider themselves at a state of war with the Arab countries. So... so- uh, was this at a time? It sounds like at at, at this point, um, had he already agreed to disarm and all that shit? Was that? Yeah, insane? I believe that was some time before this. Right. Like that right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, certainly that was a good decision to make. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you know, I always I always Smooth try to sailing. Oh yeah. I always try Smooth to give sailing one after that. little outline. Speaking of terrorism. Uh, this the my last article is about uh, hot act Maroon Five is backed by Wall Street. <laughs> oh. uh, backed by Wall Street. Yep. Yep. Great. Oh shit! They were an industry plant from fucking Goldman Sachs. It may appear that rock sensation Maroon Five burst out of nowhere, but the band's recent success is the result of nearly three years of steady handholding by an unlikely coterie of music executives and Wall Street money men, and a unique relationship between a major record company and an upstart indie label. Um, uh, this is I. I mean, without even actually having known this information. I knew this the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You always like knew you listen that... to their music and you're like, "Who's helping them?" Yeah, this oh, is not you just, good. You hear that they have like already made all the calculations. They're like, "Oh yeah, we're just doing this." this yeah, is yeah. I think this this lame ass shit. It's yeah. even they have a song in this show, don't they? Don't you hear? Uh, and she will be loved at some point in this show. Uh, in in the Sopranos in, in the general, Sopranos, I feel like I hear I'm you. sure there's a Maroon Five uh, like she will be loved point in this in this in the series. I don't remember one specifically, but I would not be surprised at all. It was the perfect background music. It yeah. was like like and totally non offensive. That's my main problem with it. It's like Maroon Five is one of those things that I just can't escape. Like I've never yeah. once listened to them on purpose or uh, whatever that <laughs> fuckface's name is. Uh, Adam sick. Levine yeah Adam Levine yeah ah, like yeah. I'll be in my backyard and I'll somehow hear like the strains of Baroon 5 just uh, like fucking wafting over uh, the the airwaves mm-hmm. it's just impossible to escape and if if I could erase if I could do the yesterday thing like that movie where the guy goes <laughs> the, where, where like <laughs> yeah, the yeah, Beatles yeah. never existed the Beatles, yeah, yeah. if I could do that deliberately to like one person it would not be Hitler I think it would be Adam Levine <laughs> just so that I could never you wouldn't stop 9-11. No. You wouldn't fucking kill Hitler. You'd just be like, Adam Levine, Now that needed to happen, done. probably, you know, just to, <laughs> just oh, to get us to where we are today. I thought you were just me. you would stop Hitler's musical career, which I heard was just <laughs> booming at the time of him coming up. Yeah. Dude, I bet Hitler, like, honestly, he probably wrote some bomb lyrics. He, like, to- on a, he's total piece of shit, you know, one of the worst, the worst person in the world. But, like, I bet his poetry, mm. fucking bars. I mean, you know? yeah. Proto-emo stuff. Proto-emo stuff. It's just Plus, all about how, like, girls too. don't like him. <laughs> uh, he did have pipes, you know? Yeah. Motherfucker could sing. Uh, Maroon 5's success can be traced to James Diener, 
funny name, first of all, who, while a senior mm-hmm. exec at Columbia Records in 2000, conceived the idea of an independent, well-funded label that would be attached to, but not owned by, a major label, like a farm team in baseball. I love it. He conceived of the idea of making a small label as if that's some sort of magic. <laughs> like, well, but it's dude, like a fake astroturfed small label. Right. I love it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. He's astroturfing uh, indie bands. That is incredible. We grew little Adam Levine in a test tube and he <laughs> bloomed beautifully. Yeah. We have this lab and I don't know what the guitarist name is, but he came from a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> it does like Adam Levine's whole persona and voice. Everything about it does seem uh like algorithm based yeah you like know? when he took his shirt off at the super bowl thing or whatever it was it looked like he got all of his t- tattoos like out of a box labeled like cheesy rock star yeah tattoos. yeah like, it, like like the choices that were made for each tattoo not just the placement but also like the type of art that he had on him all look like uh, like a human did not pick it out it has yeah. the same kind of like cognitive dissonance as like scenes from the room like it feels like uh, like did a human make this yeah it feels like this... it feels like the disney plus remake of dave navarro it's <laughs> perfect it, yeah. it generally makes me feel like they're body tuning him like i'm what because i'm watching yes. it on the tv and i'm like that can't be real none of yeah. this can be I, I refuse to believe it don't he, don't be telling me this is real he exists entirely in a filter called adam levine it's just some <laughs> it's just some fucking goldman sachs exec i love it <laughs> diener began to assemble his management team recruiting co-founding partners david boxenbaum a former entertainment consultant who is now octone's general manager and Columbia Records colleague Ben Berkman, who became head of Octone's promotion and marketing. All Diener needed was the money. In stepped the Wall Street money man. Howard Lipson, a partner at investment firm Blackstone Group and a music enthusiast. Yeah, I'm sure the second part's really important. Blackstone and Octung? (laughs) This is not good. (laughs) (laughs) No, get it? It's like Octane, but it's Octone. Oh, okay, okay. I I, I got a little nervous there. Shit. Uh, oh, uh, help I love up about- Maroon 5 was a Nazi experiment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need to create like the loose change version of the Maroon 5 conspiracy this is how we come back we just take over every fucking Macy's and mm-hmm. every Starbucks in the country yes. this is all they hear uh, they're partner, forced to play an investment firm Blackstone Group and a music enthusiast helped round up about 5 million dollars in funding Larry Fink, chairman and CEO of fund company company BlackRock, became the label's single largest investor. Dude, can they, we? They combined get... Blackstone and BlackRock. Like, if we could get, yeah. what what's the what's the what's the mercenary one? Uh, oh, Blackwater, uh, Black, yeah. Blackwater, Blackwater. Yeah. and then get Black Cube in there. That's uh-huh. the like Israeli yep. Mossad <laughs> thing. All good uh, things. All really uh, nice things that you want making your music. Yeah, dude. I would. Can we do like a name search for Maroon Five in the Panama Papers? Yeah. Oh like, God, they, they're all over that. Are they gonna show up? It's like Mossack Fonseca Levine, like at the top of that. Just like yeah. every shell company is run through uh, Calab- Calabasas. Adam Levine is right next to Pedro Almodovar, and they're like, "Fuck, fuck! <laughs> all of our money's gone." Shit. Oh, I love it. Yeah, so that's Maroon 5 for you. Yeah, so now we know that both the Blackstone Group and BlackRock were instrumental in uh, giving us Maroon 5, which explains a lot, frankly. It does. The cockles. Yeah, I mean, now that I know this, um, I'm going to pretend I knew it the whole time, because I swear, (laughs) 
I, if you had asked me to make a Maroon 5 origin story, it would have sounded something like this. Yeah. It's just, um, uh, yeah. Top movies in the country, Shrek 2, Troy, Van Helsing, Oof. Mean Oof. Girls, Man on Fire, Breaking All the Rules. Uh, the top pop song was Burn by Usher. That's Usher going two for two for the last uh, last two number ones. Yeah, uh, I that one. Top, I forget yeah. that one. Yeah, I don't remember that Yeah, I don't one. remember Burn either. Uh, yeah. Uh, top rock song is still Cold Hard Bitch by <clears throat> Jet. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Best band oh, in the God. world, Jet. I like Jet. Also, I don't care. I will. I will accept no criticism. <laughs> oh, is come it on. just the one song, or do you actually like like the whole album? I thought the album was pretty decent. I mean, as far as like Australian uh, hard rock <laughs> revival acts go, I feel like Jet was far superior to Wolf Mother. But uh, that's that's. How just about me. are they? Where are they with the Vines? Or they're not Australian. The Vines was American. more, I would say, of a Nirvana revival act. Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah, I put them above the of the above the Vines. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow, that's right. something. That is. That is. Maybe uh, below the Hives. I don't know. That's more of a sure. Swedish post grunge kind of thing. Oh, I love the Hives. Yeah. Look at all that. You know a lot about genres. Um. <laughs> So let's get into it. Uh, Remember rock music, guys? Huh? Yeah. (laughs) Guys would start a band. They'd play Mm -hmm. some guitar. Just four guys who want to play a guitar song about love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't that the time to be alive, kids? Oh, those were the days. Now all those four guys are just starting podcasts. Now those guys. Now, now you just uh, you you record some beeps and uh, and and then you. you know, do and a sad you, uh, whine about uh, Zan- Xanax. Xanax. <laughs> Xanax. 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 Um, and Okay, so Vince, you already read uh, the wonderful synopsis provided to us uh, about this episode, Long Term Parking, from IMDb. Uh, it gave us no information. Um, of course... Which is why I uh, would like to present to you the Bada B stories. Uh, and before I get into it, let me explain. Um, I, I was in uh, fucking uh, the Russian River and Portland in San Francisco for the last uh, week and a half. So uh, I just have some lyrics uh, and uh, the last half of the song. So uh, let, me, uh, let me read this to you. Um, <laughs> long-term parking. Let's go. <clears throat> this is a poem that I wrote. Okay. Not based nice. on anything at all. We got okay. Amanda Gorman Lieb. Uh-huh. Should dim the lights Gorman. a little bit here. Yeah, dim the lights. Uh, <clears throat> pressure, pushing down on aid, pressing down on Chris M- Multisanti. Long-term parking, Blundetto skipping town, shot Phil's brother down like a dog in the street. Ibada be, ibada be, gabagul, gabagul. Vafungal Adriana tells Chrissy to rat his family out. This is her one chance to get him out. Instead, Chrissy just gets high, high, high. It's you know, it, uh, with music, it would be better. You, I okay. feel like you gotta sing this, and I can do the dun 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 Tells him to look after his twins. They both say their goodbyes, but Tony's trace the call. Why? 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 You know that whole part. And then. 
Very yeah. nice. Yeah. You got those notes. I mean, you know, the the, the notes that I got uh, <laughs> fucking at the end, uh, uh-huh. that's all Bowie. And oh, okay. every, every time I tried to do Freddie Mercury... Holy shit, I can't, I gotta start picking uh, easier songs, you guys, easier, <laughs> easier songs to do. Anyways, this is Long Term Parking, let's get into this episode, that uh, song explains everything that happens, but um, let's do some general thoughts real quick. Vince, this episode, Long Term Parking, does it live up to the memories that you had of it? Yeah, it really does. I mean, I feel like this is uh, arguably one of the most dramatic episodes yeah. of The Sopranos. You know, I, I mostly enjoy this show for the comedy for the most part, but uh, this episode was big drama and uh, I was here for it. Except yeah. the only the, my only criticism is uh, too much Springsteen shit. Um, I don't need it to do without. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, come the- on. Really? <laughs> <laughs> we're we're anti Springsteen on this podcast. Oh, apparently, we're get into it. We're dude, get he's into not even later. Jewish. He's his whole life is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> he's like Whoopi Goldberg. He's just trying to break in. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> sure. Um. Yeah. I mean. Uh. So, Chris, uh, is, yep. is this an episode you had already seen before and uh, and watched it again on a rewatch, or is this your first time seeing it? Uh, watched it again on a rewatch. Uh, I I I remembered this being a big louder episode i guess mm, like okay it's really even tempoed like uh, they don't overplay any hand to in, in my uh estimation yeah which i almost kind of thought they were going to uh because yeah. i had forgotten everything uh up until the drive right uh, and then i remember everything after that very clearly uh, yeah including yeah, yeah. the three amigos uh spot <laughs> I love uh, that. It's Chris, incredible. You know Chris is high because <laughs> Tony shows up to him watching Three Amigos and then he <laughs> just goes, this is some funny shit. And you're like, oh, you must be on heroin. Yeah. There's yeah, no the, fucking way. The Wait. brain of a seven-year-old. That's what's got to be going on now. <laughs> Time out. You're, you're going to diss the Three Amigos now? No, I'm not saying the Three Amigos is bad. I'm saying watching the Three Amigos at oh. the exact moment that your fiance is being murdered <laughs> on, on your order. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. And your first response being like, Damn, this is pretty funny, huh? <laughs> that is. Whatever, uh, whatever happened to Martin Short, Tom? Wh- yeah. yeah. Whatever happened? That guy was a genius. <laughs> um, he really is, though. I I, is. I think Martin Short is maybe the most underweight, underrated comedian. Uh, for I think for our generation, like that's it's something like Gen Xers and like uh, Boomers. I think love martin short you know if you mention him they're like oh yeah he's great they can name three characters that he's done i feel like we uh like i don't know our generation i feel we like we don't talk about martin short i feel like with uh, the respect he deserves steve martin was was soaking up all of the accolades and and the and the print for some reason for a yeah. long time and like yeah I, I don't dislike steve martin but i don't know i feel like uh martin short's funnier maybe it's in a my thing. opinion I, I don't know like steve martin has like a tinge of assholiness to him uh he's he's got the family vibe thing more knocked down like the cheaper yeah. by the dozen shit yeah uh the pink panther garbage uh like yeah those were more specifically for families <clears throat> and they made money whereas a martin short movie has Was never weird. made money like <laughs> never clifford, clifford is amazing it has <laughs> never so made a fucking cent no uh, yeah yeah clifford he, made no sense to people 
uh, to like a general audience. They were like, what is this shit? Whereas I was like, this is the funniest movie ever made. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> that kid is crazy. Um, I, I wore through three VHS tapes of that fucking movie. So good. Uh, it's and amazing. I, I felt like I was the only one in my friend group also to watch Jiminy Glick and just mm-hmm. be like, this is the funniest character. Like, it, it was a great show. It was a really good show. People talk shit on it like it wasn't good. It was the funniest thing on Comedy Central at the time, other than like Chappelle's show. I remember the interviews very. I I don't remember anything but the interviews, though. Yeah, that's that show. I I guess everything. I don't know if it it was heavy, sketchy after, uh, before, and after that. I just remember the interviews, and I just remember his way of talking made me laugh. I was also on heroin, so it was, you know, I I I feel like uh, the Martin Short and heroin together, like it it works. I don't know, it just works. Um, Oh yeah. So let's let's talk about it. I also I agree with you guys. Um, this episode, uh, the 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 twist in this episode, everything that happens with Adriana kind of comes out of um, not comes out of nowhere. I mean, you knew that this was uh, going to come to a head this whole season. The tension has been building um, and just the way that they pull off the big drama. I mean, you really see an acting clinic put on by uh both drea di matteo and uh and fucking michael imperioli like they're they're fantastic the 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 main scene where they have their you know fucking fight is like i mean just i compare it to like that scene in goodfellas where they're you know they're they're trying to find the 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 fucking cocaine and crying you know like it's just it's better than all of that it's it's better than a movie it's It's, better acting mm. than a movie that's the the what i love about that scene is the quietness of it they 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 don't feel the like it's that when he's choking her and there's nothing and the tension is all on the image of him watching her right and her eyes kind of becoming more and more bloodshot and you're just like oh fuck he's gonna kill her right in front of us i mean like Uh, that's how you know this show doesn't really like it this show is so good about violence and never making it look flashy at all like something like this is genuinely grim like fuck oh god it's gonna happen there's something i need to tell you it's that fucking bobby demarco no please christopher Remember my friend Danielle? She set you up? She was an FBI agent, Christopher. She lied to me. They wanted to arrest you too, Christopher. I was just trying to protect you. They wanted me to wear a wire, but I wouldn't do it. But but, but, but now there, there was a murder, Christopher, and they know about it. At the club, Matouche and some other guy. And I, I tried to cover it up. I had no choice. They've been filming us in the parking lot. We're dead, you know that? What did you do? How could you fucking do this to us? I fucking loved you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. Oh. Oh my God. (laughs) 
my God, what are we going to do? Just that whole sequence. It's like one of those things where I figured this may be my, you know, fourth, fifth time around seeing this particular episode. And this scene has lost none of its potency. It's like just so fucking good. Like it. Oh, I, I just the way the wailing of Chris just going, what are we going to do is maybe one of the most. <laughs> yeah, just, but that's like your that's your wheelhouse in terms of acting like you. You love yeah. it when people bellow like that. Like, is I that love, my daughter in there? Is my daughter in there? <laughs> like, like, that's true. Yeah. I, anguish I like, cries. Anguish, anguish cries are your, 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 your favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime someone does that, Matt just gets a big boner. I, I don't get a boner. I, I get misty because I, I just love, uh, I don't know. I find wailing to be relatable in terms of like uh, a cry scene because like I'm not, I'm not a crier who I don't have like a, I don't know. I would say like a smooth cry. I don't have mm. a, I don't have like a, a pleasant cry. I'm a wailer. And so mm. when I see someone bawling, I'm just like, oh, that's me, dude. That's me. I get it. I mean, yeah. I don't get it. I've never been in that particular position. You feel seen like I, when someone wails. Yeah, I feel seen. Like, I've never had my daughter in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can Nor, imagine what it would be like, though. Sure, I yeah. can imagine what it would be like to have my daughter in there. Yeah. Look in my eyes! Is that my daughter? <laughs> so, I love it. Um, See, I'm, yeah. only, I'm only a, like, quiet, the two two streams kind of guy. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I've, I, the anguish guy, I'm, I'm hoping one day I get there. Yeah. Uh, just because I would like out, to dude. get, like, a real big one. But uh, you got to let it out. I'm telling you. Like, I mean, I a dignified cry would be nice if I had one. I wish I could do dignity and tears. But not, no, I'm a... I'm I'm a whaler. I'm the I'm the old Italian woman throwing herself on the casket. Mm. You See, know? I'm I'm the Texas father who's watching his uh, little girl play football for the first time <laughs> and like accepting it finally, uh-huh. like just being like, yeah, that's yes, honey. God damn, you yeah, you yeah. yes, find your place. Yeah, you could do anything you want yeah. to, and just, honey. L- just like two big ones down, and that's it. <laughs> so you're more like that is my daughter in there, and then, <laughs> yeah, and then very proud of my daughter in there. <laughs> uh. So let's 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 start at the beginning here um, with the uh, the AIDS storyline, uh, which is the you know not necessarily the bulk of the episode, but I think the most compelling storyline because this this uh, episode also gets into uh, Tony B and the New York Wars, um, but that all wraps up in the season finale. So so we're at, we start with um, first we start with Agent San Severino and some other FBI uh, stooge looking at a camera footage of Aid suspiciously moving trash bags in and out of a dumpster, mm. and uh, we're like, okay, something's going on there. Uh, we we later find out that that was uh, her moving some evidence of a murder that happens. Yeah, um, yeah a lot of but- these other FBI guys look a lot like uh botched paul giamatti clones like alien <laughs> resurrection style uh-huh. like they, they got most of it right but it's a little bigger in the head in certain ways this just, guy specifically just sitting there and i'm just like you are like 75 pound, pounds on top of paul giamatti yeah, yeah. and that, that he'd be here that one guy with the glasses and uh he's just uh, the, the the main agent 
Mm-hmm. He really yeah. like you can smell the cigarettes on him when he talks. Like he's just oh, got yeah. that whiskey oh, cigarette uh, mm-hmm. intensity. That yeah. boy, boy, does it work? Yeah, no, he's he plays a, a good FBI guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just a total piece of shit. Uh, this is really. Uh, the real gangster of this episode is the FBI. Uh, this is really, you're watching just peak fed bumbling uh, and, and like bungling up this entire situation. I mean, they, they fucked up royally. They'd been fucking up with aid, but this is, this is the worst uh, possible thing they could have done. Um, That's Frank Pellegrino, by the way, RIP. Uh, oh, he died? Kubito or Kubitoso, whatever. I don't know. Oh, he was the also main, a restaurateur. Yeah. How about that? Wow, look at that. There's a lot of that. Oh, and you know what? What? He is was a co-owner of the restaurant Rouse in New York City uh, of the famous uh, sauce brand. Oh, I don't know Rouse. Oh, really? Oh, the sauce brand I know. I, I didn't know there was yeah. a restaurant. Yeah. Oh. Huh. Well, there we go. Do they all own restaurants? I think, it yeah. feels like it. Yeah. It feels yeah, like it seems like I'm always hearing that they all have either like a pizza joint or like a nice sit-down place. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's uh, half of acting is just working in food service. So, you know, I can see (laughs) can see how that would make sense. Uh, But we start with aid at the butt doctor's office Mm -hmm. um, talking about her butt and how her butt is all fucked up. Um, and, uh, AIDS mother is there and they're finding out that she has ulcerative colitis, uh, all up in her butt. Uh, and the only cure is, uh, some steroids, which will give her a moon face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you've seen the line, if you've, if you've, Jerry, if, Lewis. If you've seen Jerry Lewis lately, you'll know what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. But there's a good chance of weight gain accompanied by Cushing syndrome. That's a swelling of the facial features There's sort of a moon face. What? If you've seen Jerry Lewis in the last year or two. Oh She's God. planning a wedding for Christ's sake. <laughs> Cold blooded. That's I, I just mean, cold-blooded to be just saying it like that. I I feel like like the, she uh, this doctor is just one in a huge like list of doctors with no bedside manner in the <laughs> yeah. Sopranos. Like yeah. it's it's one of their like favorite side characters to do is mean doctor. <laughs> right. Who, look, who you're is, gonna look terrible. I'm not yeah. gonna bra- I'm not yeah. gonna you know sugarcoat yeah. it here. You're just yeah. gonna be terrible looking. Yeah. You're gonna look like a very old man. I mean, just like uh, you can end with Moonface. You don't have to add Jerry Lewis. Like, didn't Jerry Lewis have yeah. like a uh, some sort of genetic disorder that ended up with him having a giant moon face? Like, uh, I, I don't forget, know. I, I don't know enough about Jerry. I mean, I like his movies, but I don't know enough about. But like, still, just to be telling this young woman this next yeah. to her her mother, who is like <laughs> looking she's like playing. she's about to explode. Yeah. I mean, just and the, picking the worst example, that'd be like, you know, you're going to get uh, some rashes. Uh, have yep. you ever seen uh, like Freddy Krueger? You're yep. going to you're going to look a lot like Freddy Krueger. It's like, Jesus Christ. Have um, you ever looked at pictures of burn victims? Yeah, exactly. Out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, somewhere, you know, in that region. <laughs> had to, um, they had to call Valentina in for that part. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Valentina, uh-huh. her scene in this is fantastic, too. Um but yeah, so uh, Aid, uh, you know, is uh, she's gonna have a moon face. She's got ulcerative colitis. Shit sucks. Uh, and uh, she shows up uh, at the office at the Crazy Horse in the middle of a conversation that uh, Tony and um, uh, and Chrissy 
and Syl are having about Tony B. Um, and as soon as she shows up, Chris takes it upon himself to uh, just like rip on her. Yeah, for her start roasting her ass for for her yeah. poo poo problems. <laughs> uh, it just the, the the amount of shit that people take in the like Sopranos universe for just any illness <laughs> is, um, I mean, it's just not nice. I, no. I, that's what I feel. I feel like these guys uh, they they do not treat sickness. In the same way that I think normal people treat sickness, you know, and maybe, you know, they're sociopaths, but also is it like, you know, I can't tell if it's cultural, if it's like a, a Jersey thing, uh, but they're, they're, they're super mean to her. I think um, it's a power thing. Like I, I always refer to all the, like, I mean, I love these characters, but I, the, the term I always call for most of them, baby monsters. Yeah, that's that's that they they act like babies and do monstrous things. That's, yeah. the, that, that's yeah. the thing they do, and like yes. to keep people down, all you have to do, and like it's it echoes throughout the entire series. Like whatever you can do to make someone feel down about themselves, do right. it. Do it yeah. because it'll give you the power. Well, yeah. Also, Chrissy's got the thing where he's still uh, coming off feeling uh, cucked by Adriana with uh, the whole tony situation so he's kind of oh okay yeah also that yeah like he's kind of trying to reassert his uh status as like the alpha in the relationship at this point i feel like right yeah yeah it's funny he's doing it right at the same time that he's kind of like flaunting his alcoholism coming back yeah he's just like hey tony yeah you told me i could drink anytime cool yeah and then also like it, you wonder what exactly message he thinks he's sending to Tony ultimately he's with these, dr- all these acts. He's like drinking vindictively. It's like not really for himself. It's kind of just like, see, you guys pushed me to this. See, do you guys see what right. you did? Yeah, you, you did this to me. Yeah, yeah. very much like uh, re- resentment based drinking, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, not a good healthy. reason to start drinking. Very know? healthy thing to oh, do. Yes. Very healthy, uh, of yeah. course. We all do it. You know, we all fucking decide, hey, I'm going to uh, slowly kill myself in order to show them. It's actually a lot of addiction is a little bit based on like mm-hmm. I'll show them when yeah. I die, then they'll be sad. Uh, so he's not he's not totally uh, you know uh, an outlier in that sense, but he is a, being a total piece of shit to aid. Uh, and uh, the, you know, of course, as soon as fucking Chrissy leaves, Tony takes it upon himself to be like, hey, you know what, fucking. Uh, as long as you have your health that's all that matters and uh and then of course he tells her that he's going back with his wife which is a big i think plot point in this episode that we need to talk about this is the episode where tony and carm reconcile in Mm -hmm. kind of the 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 most i I don't know how to put it the most uh legalist like yeah it's very it's like a formal business negotiation i mean you know marriage is a business partnership after all i guess Oh, yeah. I mean, first and foremost, uh, me and Francesca, we're getting married for business reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we were just like, you know, f- we forget love like our assets will merge. That's right. And yeah. then and then all of a sudden I'll go from owning one car to owning two cars. Think of the yeah. equity. Dude, <laughs> the equity is like that's that's what gets me hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Equity. <laughs> I'll tell you, I remember my merger ceremony. Mm-hmm. I have the pictures. My 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 business partner looked lovely yeah, in her yeah. uh, 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 wedding suit. Where where did you um where did you acquire your wife? 
Uh, oh, from uh, uh, Michigan Prep. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yes. Very nice. It's a good uh, very, stock there. Uh, good institute. Yes, it's a great institute for, for business and acquisitions. For, for business wife. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tony and Carmela have this conversation uh, over in Vesuvio where, uh, where basically Tony lays out that uh, he's never going to do any of this again. Uh, and, and her, like her whole thing is I basically want $600,000 so I can buy land for a spec house. Yeah. So I was curious about this. Did we ever, did did the other spec house ever resolve itself? The, uh, the one on the shore? I can't remember how that all played out. Didn't the lawyer pull out eventually because of the Dean Martin, uh, yeah, uh, I, that's I what am, I assumed, I guess. I imagine. So he it gave did, Tony uh, his, his like down payment back it, and his, all that. Yeah, his deposit yeah. back. Yeah, I, I, I would assume so because his wife was yelling at him uh, and was like, you know, just give him the money back as they were playing live, <laughs> live fucking Dean Martin uh, in the water. So, yeah, I assume that that kind of resolved itself. Look, I but, love the man, but a, a, a whole like week of nights with Dean Martin would kill me. That would yeah, be an yeah. easy way for me to find a cement block and yeah. throw myself into the ocean. Yeah, I I feel like uh, they they chose wisely because you know there's a lot of music that they could have played that I'd be like I'm kind of okay with this, yep. but like live Dean Martin where he's just doing his uh, pretending to be drunk act <laughs> the entire time and uh, yeah I think uh, I would be like all right I'm gonna. I'm going to fucking put make my own cement shoes and drown myself in the goddamn shore because this sucks. Designer cement shoes. Designer cement shoes. Um, but the weird thing about their reconciliation between uh, Tony and Carm is uh, Tony never actually says, I'm not going to cheat on you yeah, anymore. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, I mean, his comments were like, you know, I am what I am. Yeah. Uh, and we're all human. And it's like, okay. Like... <laughs> I love that he he makes a Popeye reference. Yeah, like he's yeah. just like, "Hey, I am what I am." You know. Yeah. She uh, says the whole. He says the whole thing about like, uh, I, uh, I will. He says he's like, I will. My midlife crisis problems will not intrude on your yes. life anymore. Yeah, which essentially means that he's not going to get caught again. Which is right. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's so strange to me because yeah, there's like. It, it it just seems like such a huge concession from Carmela to go from like, you know, you bastard piece of shit, uh, this, you know, fucking Russian called and blah, blah, blah. Don't you know, you've been making a fool of me for years with these whores. And then to be him to be like, you're never going to hear about it. All right. <laughs> so you know hear no evil see no evil do no evil or whatever and uh she's you'll be too busy uh, investing in the house yeah you'll be doing your spec house thing i'll be doing my fucking horse thing and you'll never know about it it's just uh i i almost like uh appreciate the honesty a little bit there's kind of like you know he's he has decided he's well, not going he's setting to... expectations you know yeah which is um i don't know a little bit healthy, I'll say. Like, uh, I'm not like down on Tony for doing all this because he's being honest. You know, yeah. he's like, you know, the conditions are my midlife crisis problems will not intrude on your life anymore. And she's like, all right, I'll she's do like, that all for right, my terms $1. are a, a spec house uh, for me. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, all somewhere right. for 
somewhere for me to go during the day the way you go wherever right. you go all the time like we can both leave this house finally right a project she just yes. wants a project um just and a six hundred thousand dollar hobby it happens yeah, all the time you know yeah listen everyone's got their hobbies hers happens just to be you know the building houses with her uh, very very old man dad the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about that's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials to participate simply fill up an orange hefty renew bag with accepted items tie it up and drop it in with your regular recycling that's it it's that easy it's time to rethink recycling with renew particular valued resources may vary by geography more info available at heftyrenew.com support for this podcast and the following message come from corient Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, 
so yeah, they they do get back together, uh, and Tony spends the rest of this episode. He like proceeds to tell pretty much everyone uh, in his life that uh, <laughs> fucking that he's getting back with his wife. First, he t- like he tells Adriana, um, which I I feel like him saying that to Aid was kind of his way of just being like, uh, so uh, any sexual tension you and I might feel. You know, we'll have to go by the wayside because mm-hmm. now I can only fuck my wife. Like something like that. Like he's trying to maybe nip whatever that could have been in the bud. But of I course, don't know. of course, the intense horniness you always feel when I'm around, <laughs> it's not going to go away. <laughs> but I can't do anything about it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're bo- you and me are both going to just have to live life without having our parts inside of our parts. And I know you see me and you say, oh, this guy, this guy can fuck. This is a bulldog, <laughs> and that, you, your pussy is a bone, and I just, <laughs> but no, nothing can happen. Uh, I mean, you know, also, Tony is kind of hot in a way. Let's just yeah. be real. Oh, hell yeah. He's the power hot. thing. Yeah, that, he's got the that, power. He's got the big, meaty hands. Um, he, uh, it's like old uh, film stars, like Edward Arnold and W.C. Field. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. he loves those kinds of movies, too, but like. Yeah. Like Jackie Gleason too, like that barrel chested thing, like Yeah. Yeah. Like he Blu- likes actually funny like Bluto. He's, yeah, he's, mostly, yeah, <laughs> he's just Bluto. He's not even Popeye. Um so yeah, but then uh and but then Tony also tells Valentina uh the news. Yeah. Picking and, the perfect moment, you know? <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if there's one thing that Tony Soprano is good at um, it's understanding women yeah. and yep. women's feelings. Now that you're out of a coma, we got some <laughs> stuff we need to talk about. <laughs> now that the hospital has deemed you well enough to recover from the burns at home, I got some things I got to tell you. And uh, I have a, a clip of that scene. So you all set? <laughs> so look at me. I look good. <laughs> Just real quick. <laughs> I, I, hey, look good. Coming in... <laughs> Coming into the hospital chipper is yep. so funny. You know <laughs> where like, you're hey. going. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Don't yeah. worry. I still find you sexually attractive. Don't worry about yeah. it. He's like, hey, you you look like uh, with the short hair with one of those movie stars. What's the name? And then never names who the movie star is. <laughs> oh, God. He's just, I love him. I love his high energy at the beginning of that scene. Just take me home. I, I can drop you off, but I really can't stay. You motherfucker. Hey, take it easy. This is how you leave me? When I'm almost burned to death cooking you a fucking snack? Come on, honey. You could have just as easily been making yourself something to eat. <laughs> Good, great point. I'm going back to my... That is a fantastic point. He's like, listen, yeah. that you making food and that silk thing, it was a time bomb, all right? <laughs> it um, just happened to go off when I was in the room. There are many universes, you know. In another universe, you cooking a steak and you're all flame too. It happens in many times, many different ways. You could have drowned. There is a there's a, a universe where you drown. There's a universe where you and Teddy Kennedy are in Chappaquiddick, and he goes over a bridge and he falls off. I like I love his like the the Tony Soprano believes in like a multiverse where where anything could have happened. Uh, I was a varsity athlete. (laughs) I I was. In this universe, I did have the makings of a varsity athlete. Selfish fuck. But there's no future with us. I told you that right from the get go. 
That's why I didn't want you hitching your wagon to my star. You'll heal up. You'll meet somebody else. Fuck you! You know, I didn't come here to fight. I came here to pick you up and end this like a gentleman. I'm gonna fucking kill myself. I gotta take this. <laughs> Such fucking. a good exchange. I like this so much because... It's like when you date a uh, really crazy chick and then uh, and she really puts you through the ringer. And then from then on, like the volume on craziness is turned way down for all subsequent uh, relationships. Like yeah. Tony already had this whole huge dramatic thing with Gloria. Uh, right. And now like with Valentina, he's just like, you know, uh, the yeah. whole like threatening suicide thing. It's not really, yeah. it doesn't really affect yeah. me. It's anymore. kind of old hat at yeah. this point. <laughs> yeah. At one point I would have cared, but no more. Yeah. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to kill yourself. You're so sad. You can't live without whatever. <laughs> I got a phone call. <laughs> Uh, just the the callousness of just like I gotta take this is uh, it's pretty pretty devastating for Valentina, but I think it's kind of fitting at the end of the day. Like the Prankosaurus Rex has become the Prankosaurus, you know, because mm. that was her whole thing was just pranking people. Yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. She, you know, she was uh, taking off the top of the salt, you know, fucking. Throwing, he should have done know. that with like her burn ointment where he just like unscrews the top. <laughs> <laughs> she just squirts like the whole a huge glob. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you just got punked. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get Fuck a new you, prescription. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, the ultimate prank for her was um, being burned and then uh, left to her own devices after the fact. Very sad. Very funny. Um, um, I did want to mention, so, you know, uh, Christopher, like one of probably like the smallest plot point in this is mm-hmm. the, the, the guys at the bodega forgot to put the stamp on the cigarettes he's, he was selling right. them. Yeah. And so Tony, yeah. uh, split is making him split the route money with Polly. Yes. Uh, now and then he's he's hearing all this while he's holding a wine glass and the wine glass is very much like Chekhov's gun it's like there's no way he would be holding <laughs> this glass of red wine uh, in, the, in bathroom the bathroom unless he was going to break it on something yeah uh, so yeah and he immediately throws it against the wall and then afterwards he is just venting to uh, Adriana and the whole time I'm thinking like the FBI is, it keeps pressuring Adriana to wear a wire, and it's like right. he doesn't even need to wear a wire. You could like set up a folding chair like in the parking lot of uh, yeah. their apartment complex and hear like everything that you yeah. need to know yeah. about the hear mafia. Hear him just yelling out loud. Yeah. Oh, do you know the crimes I have done? <laughs> yeah. In, in 2003, July 2nd. Here's I, the like, thing about the mafia, which, as you know, I am in. <laughs> Here are the body dump sites closest to me <laughs> alphabetically. A Alaba Street. Yeah, he really is like just you get him drunk and uh he's just openly discussing his crimes. Um and and that scene in particular I thought was uh just uh, fucking Another great Michael, like Michael Imperioli in this episode is just, he's fucking brilliant. He's so good in that scene where he's just ranting about Tony. And uh, I have a clip of that. Fuck this piece of shit. I'm done. You hear me? Baby, I hate seeing you like this. I gave that fuck pieces of my soul, Adriana. You know what he said to me? He said I should have a fucking drink. 
I mean, what kind of fucked up, undermining shit is that to tell someone who's got the disease? You know I could take him out in a second, that fat fuck. Bang! His kids wouldn't even give a shit. Don't talk like that. You're a better man than he is, a better person. Him and our ass-wipe cousin, that two-faced cocksucker. He could get us all killed with New York, and him, Tony has to think about what to do with him now. Me, he don't need to fucking think. Well, maybe I need to think. Ever thought of that, you fat fucking scumbag? That's the guy, Adriana. My Uncle Tony. The guy I'm going to hell for. The writing in, he don't need to think about that. Well, maybe I need to think. You ever thought about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you fat fucking scumbag. Like, there, there's just a, there's uh I don't know, there's a poetry mm-hmm. to the way that Chris is written where he yeah. like, you know, it's like when he was like high at the fucking, uh, the wake for Livia and just talking about like, there's no two humans alike. And how can they prove that even with computers? <laughs> like, like him just ranting about red as beats exactly just fucking devil eyes (laughs) and you're just like i don't know just i love the way he's written when he whenever he's on anything because he's always uh talking in yeah it's it's like he is inarticulate but also has a lot of feelings and also has learned just enough of like the language of recovery and yes. uh, psychology that like like he has all these like therapyisms, but he is clearly like not quite smart enough to fully integrate them into any situation. So it's just like right. these these like islands of uh, like psycho- psychological framing uh, that just sort of sitting in the soup of his inarticulate rage, and it's uh, it's always really <laughs> yes. enjoyable. It, thought- it, it yeah. The, like the mel- the mel- uh, the melodious way they speak, like yeah, it's it's something I think they take from Scorsese, in which it speaks to like their talent as singer, like uh, the Italian people like are famous as singers and stuff like that. Right. I always thought that that was something specifically that they took from Scorsese, which is something that Goodfellas is all about: is the the ways they talk and the rhythm of mm. the talk, and yeah. just what sweeps you up in it. Yeah, yeah. Karen and Goodfellas. Uh, is like the greatest. She she could have been the greatest hardcore band singer that ever lived. Oh, yeah. Just because she spends that entire movie just wailing and oh my god, it's yeah. like it's like Minor Threat fucking times. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. so good. It's more like Fugazi. Hey, it's a Fugazi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if we're doing Italian, like, uh, but yeah, uh, just that wonderful scene with Chris ranting and that's the guy I'm going to hell for. Um, you know, and Aid is like looking at that and is going, all right, this is, you know, this is obviously an entryway into her thoughts about the possibility of flipping Chris, uh, didn't know at the time that she was going to be put in that position very, very soon after. Cause, uh, meanwhile, the FBI is seeing footage of, uh, the long branch PD going into the crazy horse. And they're, you know, realizing, okay, let's contact them. Let's see what's going on. And that's when they find out that this murder has taken place inside the crazy horse. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a dead I body love, washes up. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I, I love, um, my, Adriana has two scenes where uh, she's just gradually like 
she's gradually getting the other person in the conversation worked up. You already played the other one where she's like explaining to Chris to like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, my friend was actually in the FBI and also they witnessed a murder and also they wanted me to wear a wire, but like, it's, it's just like this gradually increasing. Right. Yeah. And she does the same thing with the FBI agents. And it's like, he prays all the time. Oh, Uh, it's the best. He recently (laughs) converted. Uh, his brother runs a school for young boys. Uh, oh my I think God. he's from Pakistan. I was or very something. impressed by that. <laughs> yes, I, I die when she says that. Oh my God, it's incredible. Like in the scene, Aid is picked up by the FBI, and they show her the footage of like her and the trash bags, and they're doing the whole thing that the FBI does, where they pretend like they got you, you know, uh, and and hope that you don't you wise up and shut your fucking mouth. Uh, she doesn't No, not only does she open her mouth but she proceeds to not only admit to being uh, a witness and helping uh, like fucking uh, being a witness to a murder and helping dispose of the evidence she also starts just randomly dry snitching on matouche like in a way (laughs) (laughs) that is going to get him in so much trouble right oh Uh, yeah he's done he's gone he's He's deported for sure and i have i have a clip of her just uh of her dry snitching Why'd you help this Matouche? I wasn't helping him. I was afraid for myself. Besides, he's nice. I don't know. I didn't want to see him get into trouble. Sounds like a real sweetheart. The guy was going to stab him. He's not a bad person. He's very religious. Religious? He prays, like, all the time. He went through this period where he rediscovered his religion. He don't even do drugs anymore. He just deals. (laughs) And every month, he sends all his money home to his family. Stop. In Pakistan. His brother runs a prep school someplace for young boys. Stop. I was very impressed with that. Fucking stop, please. I feel uh, oh she's funny because she's like Adriana is in some ways like the most sympathetic character on the show. Totally. But, it, but also like arguably like the most naive. Just oh, all easily. And it, like her whole thing is just her just doing things that everyone else in the world knows uh is a terrible idea yeah Um, i mean it's just like you feel so bad because you knew like she and like jackie jr of like the same ilk like you watch them and you go they are not long for this world they're Mm -hmm. too fucking stupid to survive like no one on earth but adriana thinks that chris would choose her over the mafia right it's so plainly obvious to anyone yeah by the way the the trivia there they actually shot the ending uh both ways um yeah where they shot a version where like she survives uh so that they would just to like throw off the crew and so that it wouldn't leak out oh wow i i had no idea (laughs) i love that they were like no this has to be a secret maybe the most like it i i don't want to like talk shit it's not the most obvious thing but i think we all knew oh yeah she's gonna she's gonna die as soon as uh, she's uh, yes, like day one when she talked to the FBI agent, like day one no when she talked to the outcome. FBI, like this isn't gonna, this is not gonna work out well for her. And, and like, like for what? Like you think you think back to it, like oh she was gonna go down for like uh, cocaine possession with like intent, like yeah, she could have been out yeah. in a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's just. Ugh. I think that's probably true now. Like rewatching it, it's so fucking obvious. Yeah, and like especially like. The, when Tony makes the call, like you can tell he knows that she loves the, the way he's yes. going to get her is that she loves Chris. 
Yes. That's that, the one he thing he knows for sure. Yeah. But like yeah. Th- this thing, I'm not like, I think when this originally aired, pro- people were probably taken off completely off guard. They loved yeah. this. They loved her. They, they yeah. fucking loved her. Yeah. I think for me, I was, uh, I wasn't, um, taken off guard as to like that she was killed at what what the the surprise to me was how she was killed Mm -hmm. and like the kind of like the fucked up like manipulative machinations of the mafia to like kill her with her love <laughs> to, yeah. To, yeah and they then killed him with a love i'm sorry i'm doing john coffee from green mile but honestly that yeah, was what they, happened they set up that whole <laughs> final sequence where it's just uh like the I, like the open question that whole time is like when does she know like because it's certain at a certain right. point it's like very obvious that uh and so it's 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 this weird cat and mouse game between her and silvio where yeah yeah like you're trying to figure out where the pretense ends and where the actual realization comes in because like she has to know like he's driving her out into a forest and yeah right i I think it has something to do with the music like because the the song goes from like a funny enough like a train maroon five time yes you going out to california yeah yeah. like absolutely terrible song terrible song (laughs) and then it like right when i think she fully knows it it goes into barracuda it goes into Mm. barracuda yeah yeah Yeah, which is raises the question like what song would you like to get whacked to not mm. Barracuda, dude. No. no, that would suck. If if it's got to be that band, uh, Magic Man. You know? Oh yeah, that's isn't that a the same one. band? Isn't yeah. that both Heart? Yeah, heart. You know? yeah that's Heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I'd of, be killed to Magic Man. Do you? Caught, I mean, I assume you guys caught like the weird, random, uh, apropos of nothing, Bruce Springsteen uh, reference earlier yes. in the episode. Yes, very yes, odd. Yes. We 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 do got to talk about that. Uh, yeah, so. Chrissy, this is when uh, Chrissy is over at the Crazy Horse. He walks into the Crazy Horse to see uh, Tony and still talking about uh, Tony Blundetto being on the lamb. And uh, he asks him why well, he's like, oh, you know, what took you so long? And then he quotes lyrics from Born to Run. Yeah. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Yep. The parkway yep. was jammed with broken heroes and a last chance power drive, which, by the way, is another good example of why I can never take Springsteen seriously with his <laughs> goddamn grandiose middle school poetry. Well, oh, he's just an earnest young boy. He is the most <laughs> he is the most earnest young boy that ever lived. I mean, Chris, are you are you a Springsteen fan? Because here's the thing. I, I don't know Springsteen almost at all. I know a few songs. I know that Dancing in the Dark song, and I love that song. Yeah. Uh, and that's the only I mean, song. I like a few I, songs of his. I yeah. love uh, Nebraska, uh, the acoustic record he did uh, when mm-hmm. he was younger. That I love that record. Um, I need to check that out. It's incredible. They use uh, uh, Sopranos uses uh, one song from its State Trooper very early on, first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. at the end of this uh, episode uh you know i i like him i'm not my dad is from uh spent uh, a lot of his time in new jersey persephone guy yeah uh and i i you do just kind of spending time there you do just kind of get it infused in you like that right because people every apartment complex you go to some asshole for sure has the window <laughs> open and is playing the river or like I, fucking yeah, born in the usa they're doing something i just love right. it because the 
the whole thing with like New York, New Jersey is like, it's like they're very, like even the accent is very like performatively cynical, like performatively jaded. Like, like their whole put on, like the whole persona is like how cynical and jaded and seen it all that they are. And yet like the, the, one of the most popular musicians of the whole area is like the most earnest man that has ever fucking lived. Uh, just this like the most corny, the most corny dude. Uh, and I, I love, I love that dichotomy and I always have. Yeah. I mean, I, I need to, I need to listen to more, uh, Springsteen in order to like, I don't know, fully, fully make a, uh, I don't know, a, a ruling on how I feel about him. All I know is that like, uh, his music feels to me, uh, like an outlier in terms of it being a popular band, mm. you know, like, like, yep. uh, there, I just haven't heard too many, melodies of his that i feel like are incredibly memorable and so i'm like i don't know most most music there's like some sort of hook or melody that i feel like everyone goes like oh that was good i sing that all the time and uh i just don't you know baby we're born to run <laughs> like it doesn't feel i don't know then no, again that it. whole era no, I get. It. I mean, it's the Heartland Rock uh, era of the '80s, like er, er, early Reagan years. Like, right. it was bad. Like, right. He was. The, he's the only one I like out of all because, like, John Cougar Mellencamp is terrible. Uh, I'll take. <laughs> like, I'll take John Cougar over Bruce. Wow. Dude, you're gonna you know how many patrons we're gonna lose because of you? You gotta <laughs> stop, bro. John Cougar knows how cheesy he is. That's my problem with Bruce Springsteen, is he's playing right. the world's cheesiest music and act, acting like it's the most important thing in the world, which like I like the music fine. It's just like the whole bullshit persona that goes along with okay. it. Okay. Before all of you listening out there are like <laughs> unsubscribe sure. and we're getting rid of the patron just Keep in mind, Vince just had a baby. Yeah. All right, and Vince <laughs> that was needs supposed to that. make me like more receptive to cheesy, corny things. No, it's supposed to make you more receptive to needing the help for fucking diapers. Oh, dude. okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Very true. Like, no, he's great. Right? I love Pink him. Houses. He's my favorite. He's the best singer-songwriter because of the water. <laughs> <laughs> it's the water. It's the New York water. Yeah, New Jersey water. All right. Um, yeah, so just getting back real quick to what was happening uh, with that phone call uh, that, that happens. Like, Tony calls um, Adriana and uh, just, I don't know, the for me, that's when I noticed, that's when I said, okay, she's about to get killed. Because uh, w- what precedes the phone call is, to me, the funniest scene in this episode is Tony, uh, is Chris, he goes out for cigarettes. He's filling up his gas uh, at a gas station uh, and he's like petting his car because he's thinking (laughs) to himself like, oh, man, this car. Am I going to have to lose this car if I go into witness protection or whatever? Going to have to put you down, girl. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. Uh, And then he looks and he sees a young, trashy couple uh, just hands filled with babies and junk food just yelling at each other. You don't know why they're mad. You assume that they're mad just because life sucks, <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know the kids are these fucking these what little poor piggies. people too. They they yell at each other. 
Yeah, I mean, if not more so. Um, but <laughs> there's uh, like stuff strapped to the top. They're coated poor. Like the, yeah, they're the, coated yeah. very there's something poor. Something s- strapped to the top the, of the car the, to make them think they're like transient or something. Right. Like that. Exactly. They got the, something is bungee corded to the top, and and it's covered in a tarp, and you just like assume like gypsies i don't know rocking but chair i don't rocking know what's chair. Going on is there an old there? grandma there <laughs> just my grandma's bones <laughs> uh but it's like it, it clearly he's looking at that he sees a guy in a mullet he sees a, a a rotund mother uh baby you know at her teat and it's just like fuck that i cannot live like that yeah i mean there's a lot of uh very like direct Goodfellas references uh, in this episode. This being one of them, because I mean, yeah, Henry Hill basically has the same moment as he's going into witness protection, realize, realizing that uh, he's never going to live the good life again, and he's going to be like a regular schmuck. And I think this right. is kind of like a twist on that, where like Christopher really has no other skills than who he knows. Uh, right, like like his his connections, his family connections uh, have. Uh, you know, allowed him to live this sort of pretty good lifestyle. And mm-hmm. uh, if if you sever all of those connections, there's really like no, he has no marketable skills. Like there's no way that he's going to be able to live any sort of lifestyle that is and comparable he, to this. Yeah. And he also knows he's not going to be a fuck. He's not going to write his memoir. No. Like, no. You, and you know? his whole, like his whole history as a character, like he has never once uh, like chosen Adriana like over his own Never. comfort, like not Never. for a single second. He's almost yeah. killed her twice before. I'm pretty <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. at <laughs> least twice before. What am I talking about? Probably a half deuce at this point. Yeah, I mean the oh, fucking yeah. the thing with that scene that's so important is the uh, all the the tower of junk food because mm-hmm. we just got over him being made fun of by Blondetto, Ed, and Tony uh, about like. Oh, you're eating sugary treats and you can't have a, a beer with us, you know? Yeah. Like, yes. all the, like, there's all these scenes of him, like, eating waffles with syrup and strawberries right. and shit and all yeah. that. So, all of a sudden, he sees it immediately. It's like, oh, crap. Well, even if, like, even if he wanted to do it, Tony's, like, demand of him would be like, no, I can't do this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a, that's an interesting observation. I, I, I didn't get that from, looking at that scene but that is that's absolutely right i think that's exactly what's going through his mind as well as just uh the fact that like you know vince at the end of fucking um goodfellas like henry hill is saying yeah i'm just a regular schmuck or whatever but he's like you see him at the front of like what is i would consider a nice house you know Mm. like I mean, it's a house. It's it's yeah, uh, but he but it knows. doesn't count for a guy like that. Yeah, like, a like, guy like that is like this is still terrible. If I'm not doing what I want all the time, it's terrible. He right. he yeah. and like Henry Hill has become the thing that he's spent his whole life uh, like making Trying fun of. And no, of course, of course, and obviously, you know, it's uh, whatever he has is uh, obviously a step down from you know uh, what he you know he would have had uh, had he stayed in the mafia or whatever. But like. I don't know. I I feel like Chris is, uh, you know, he's looking at a worst case scenario here. He's looking at like, you know, he's like, at some point, my wife's going to get fat. uh, I'm going to grow a mullet and our Mm car is going to suck. Yeah. And then what what kind of life is that? And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of wild to me that, like, if you think about it, uh, fucking (laughs) the Goodfellas ends with like love winning. 
Uh, does it? How does he, it? What, what are you talking about? Uh, he, he he decides that uh, he and his wife are going to go into witness protection. I don't There's know. There's no it's, love it's, winning at the end of Goodfellas. That's love winning, no, dude. It's, it's like love conquers all. At the end. Isn't they that the get, very eventually, end, the scroll they get divorced or something. Well, like that. he did it to save his marriage. No, you're right. Love doesn't win, no. but I'm yeah, just the saying. government won, and his yeah, his the the house won at the end of Goodfellas. That was the point. The of house it. Like, always wins. He was yeah. He figured out. He thought he figured out the loophole, but by the end, it was like no, no, did, he didn't. Joe Pesci shoots the audience. That's the end of the movie. <laughs> That's true. That's like everybody, here comes death for everybody. <laughs> that is very true. Joe Pesci does whack the audience. But uh, yeah, anyways, Chris decides uh, not to choose love. Um, he decides to uh, snitch. And, um, you know, he tells Tony. Tony gives a call to aid in which, uh, you know, he just says like, oh, Chris tried to kill himself. Uh, did he seem at all suicidal that that's the moment where i was just like oh she's fucking dead yeah. this is like yeah. that is it, it was like gandolfini to me is like such an amazing actor that he he undersold that line so that we knew that he was lying mm -hmm. or at least that's what i saw it and i was just like ah, oh, he's he's great he also ends that phone call with i'll see you up there and uh yeah fucking aid has her moment uh fantasizing her leaving uh, fantasizing her just, you know, fucking listening to Train or whatever the fuck mm -hmm. and just yeah, moving I on to California. Instead, Syl picks her up and they have a whole conversation uh, in which Syl really does not give away that she's about to get whacked, which is, uh, you know, just a the way they thing. use the suitcase in that scene is very beautiful. Like, very, very good. Just, oh, yeah. Yeah. Creating like right the, the, suit, yeah. the sort of match. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I, yeah, I have a clip of that scene. He's a strong kid, Chrissy. He's tough. Very resilient. <laughs> Very resilient. Why are you crying? He's going to be fine. fucked up dude it's <laughs> fucked up why do you have to call her a cunt yeah like, right before you're about to shoot her like, i think that's to steal yourself yeah exert uh, your manhood one more time before you take her well out. you have to you have to dehumanize the person you're killing so that you i guess steal I mean, your conscience about it i mean i think that's a lot of excuses for problematic language <laughs> sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly i feel like at that moment i was like sill you're canceled yeah what is um, this the c street band yeah, <laughs> so stupid. Right. <laughs> uh, but I mean, honestly, for me, and I think just in that's by the way, me talking shit on Springsteen is the real reason we're never going to get anyone from The Sopranos to be on this podcast. That's, that's now. true. <laughs> yeah, that's I was just real kidding, reason. you guys. I love him. He's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but fucking uh, that for me is the first, and I think this is true for everyone. It's the first time you see. Uh, Silvio do a cold-blooded murder, isn't it? Like, uh, I don't think we've seen him do anything but, like, be Consigliere this whole time. 
the the I always remember him roughing up a uh, 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 Ralphie's Gumar Tracy outside of his house that one time. Yeah, I, yeah. That seems like like the most cruel I've ever seen him. Right, like, right. Because otherwise he's supposed to be like the very quiet. Like he's the Tom Higgins. He's like the quiet yeah, one uh, exactly. of the group, and you never know too much about him. Right, like, right. You just know that he is the quiet, dark part of Tony's right. business. Exactly. He's offering counsel and is, yeah, like, exactly. But he's not, um, you know, he doesn't, he's not a button guy. He's you all know? about he the bottom line and he knows that, you know, you cannot have snitches. Like, there's no, there's no world yeah, in which you can, like, not take not out. give stitches to snitches exactly yes yeah, yeah that's what i was trying to say yeah you got it yeah and and uh i mean but just the fact that i think they also knew the only way that she's going to go along with this and to make the story plausible is to actually send sill of all people over like you know sill has never said an unkind word uh to her in fact in the scene where she's talking about her ulcerative colitis he, he goes maybe you should consider being a vegan like someone who even <laughs> knows about vegans is not gonna whack you right no and just in that moment where he's just like you cunt and she's crawling on the floor like a dog <sighs> and he just executes her and you're just like I think it was our first time I ever said, wow, fuck you, Syl. Um, Do you think they overuse the uh, whacking a woman while she's crawling on hands on her hands and knees this in the show? This is the second this time the second they've one. done it. Yeah. Yeah. They just did Lorraine, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lorraine also is crawling on her hands and knees like a duck. I think um, you're. <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's an interesting point. There's a lot of uh, shooting women uh, as they're crawling in this show. Mm. That uh, I I also find incredibly problematic, and, uh, and they don't show them die. It, like both in both cases, it's just off screen. Like right, right. You just well, see Billy Leotardo pointing the gun. Right, and, respect. You know, they gotta yeah. respect the women. Um, yeah, I know it is. Uh, it is brutal. It's a brutal death to watch, and uh, this episode, uh, second to last scene, is um, San Severino fucking the the agent you know in charge of adriana's you know yep. entire thing uh she cannot believe anything bad has happened yeah she cannot believe that she's this, just as willfully obtuse as adriana and oh, this plan did not work and it's just so oh man i, I have uh, just a clip of that it was a judgment call she sounded okay what's the status on multisante last seen yesterday he was leaving the bing with tony should we bring him in that'll get us nothing she really could have fled she could be in china by now How should we handle the other thing, the Nieves murder? We have the terror possibility. Take it over from the Long Branch PD. <laughs> well, Matouche is going to be in trouble now. That's what we got out of this, is an extra case open in the war on terror. Just, I, I fucking love that so much because that is such a perfect way of mirroring what Tony does with, like, specifically yeah. with, like, Tony with Chris uh, uh, and the cigarettes, the yeah. scene you were talking about. Like, handing, like... Oh, here's something that could give fund it like, you know, you know, a cab, of course, but like, right, this, right, of course, you of course. could give money to Long Branch PD, a, a local right. government organization versus the fucking 
dreadnought fucking yeah. FBI budget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like, you're like, no, no, we're going to take all that money. We're absolutely yeah. going to, all that's going to be ours. And all the yeah, glory yeah. too. Like, that's yeah. just going to be for us. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Like, as if somehow this like fucking local, you know, fucking ecstasy dealer, like, uh, like cocaine slash ecstasy dealer who like sells out of a shitty nightclub in fucking North Jersey and just be like, I don't know. Just we'll make him a terrorist, whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. just the the amount of scumbaggery that this uh, that the FBI is like portrayed as in this show. I mean, I just got to give mad props to David Chase and the writing team for also, like truly I, showing what pieces of shit the FBI are. I also wanted to point out that the uh, the guy that they killed, who was pissed about his uh, baby laxative cocaine, uh, yeah. is played <laughs> by an actor with one name. Uh, no and way, I, and I know nothing about him other than that his name, his name in the credits is just Santos, and uh, he's listed in, on IMDb as Santos. And uh, Has I don't he been in anything else. I, yeah, he's been in. He what was he in? He was in my super ex girlfriend. Oh, oh uh, really? Right. So Santos is working. I he, like it. He got a couple roles here. Hold on. He met Harold Ramis. Yeah, uh, I think he, is that? I forget if that's him. He, I don't know. Uh, I assumed when you said it. Uh, it was it. <laughs> it sounds like it. It sounds right. He was in uh, the affair as Belly Laugh Man. Uh, oh, he's hey. in. He's in. Oh, a that's Lawn- a longer name than he actually has. He was in a Law and Order SVU. He's in Grand <laughs> Theft Auto Four as a voice. Uh, oh, cool. He's in Blood of My Blood as Cowboy Hat Mexican. Uh, <laughs> 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 fucking baby powder. Oh, his scene was fantastic, and he uh, was good. I yeah, want to know more about him. Presence. <laughs> you did, and also like just him getting stabbed to death uh, in that way. I was just like, uh, uh, I don't know. There was something about it where I was like, oh, that's fun. There I mean, was, I feel like I know. you know most yeah. one named people are like Elvis or like Madonna. Right. Like you have to be really famous uh, to have one to name. To go by one name, but then yeah. sometimes yeah. like, oh, maybe you don't. Maybe you can just give yourself one name and just be a guy, and you're like, yeah, just Santos. imagine that's me. It. Going as the only Matt. I'm just Matt. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, Matt. Oh, that's Matt. Yeah. Ugh. Are you capitalizing be... all the letters, or is it just normal Matt? Dude, capital, all too small. Three. All small. lowercase, actually. Oh, there. Okay. And a symbol of a big mouth Billy Bass getting fucked <laughs> in the mouth. <laughs> that is. I'm changing my name to a symbol like Prince. Um, Becoming a provocateur. I see. A- absolutely. Uh, <laughs> And then the final final scene, Tony and Carm are in the lot where the spec house will soon be. Uh, and he is sad from doing murder. <laughs> the end. Yeah. <laughs> but in the end, it was all about family. In the yeah, end, yeah. it's all about family. Um, great episode. Uh, do we uh, real quick? Do we have uh, favorite, least favorite, something we didn't uh, touch on, uh, Vince? Uh, I mean, I think my favorite was valentina yelling i'm gonna kill myself and tony responding with uh, i gotta take this yeah uh, that was very good yeah. uh what about you uh uh chris did you have like a favorite least favorite or a scene or uh something we didn't touch on i mean i think the two scenes with chris after uh we know she's dead when he's cleaning up i oh, think yeah. that really lets all of what happens set in fully yeah. Like to yeah. watch him do all the cleanup work that you know has to be done, and to right. then drop the fucking suitcase at the same place where he was almost killed like 
uh, a season yeah. ago, I think. Right. Like, yeah. And like, I found it really, I honestly found it chilling when, when you hear long-term parking and you understand yes. the symbolism mm-hmm. of it. And like, I was like, Oh fuck. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like I, he's in, he's in for it. No matter what's going to happen from here on out, he's in yeah. it. And that's yeah. no hope for him anymore. Yeah. Like, he parks all the evidence at long-term parking, which, uh, I mean, that's going to cost him a bundle. Yeah. Right. Oh geez, I don't even want to think about that. At the I mean, just, at the time, my God. Oh God, can't imagine. Um, yeah, that was great. I think, I think the one thing we uh, we didn't touch on uh, because we're going to touch on it more in the next episode because this is a lot of setup for what's about to happen um, with uh, Tony and uh, his cousin Tony B. First of all, uh, Little Carmine is out. This is the one where Little Carmine concedes. He's just like, after the death of Phil Leotardo's brother, he's looking into the fire, and he's like, this is a real stagmire. We got, <laughs> we got one last malapropism from yeah. him as he uh, looks into the fire and decides he wants to handle it another way. And then we find out that uh, he concedes, and Johnny Sack is now the boss. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean... I, you know, for me, like I said, we're really going to get into what's happening, you know, with that soon. Uh, fucking Tony B calls up uh, Tony and is like, I'm sorry for about all this. And I, we did miss the part where Tony B, where Tony finally admits that he fainted that night. And that's why he didn't show up. Um Found that and, pretty touching. I, I, yeah, that moment, me too. I, I thought Gandolfini handled it like I mean he's mm-hmm. the best, so mm-hmm. I'm not surprised really. But like, I, yeah. I've forgotten how quiet that moment is and how quick it is uh, when yeah. he's on the phone to Roy's. Yeah. Now yeah. that we come to this, the day of my friend's funeral, I can finally admit it wasn't the two black guys; that it was actually <laughs> just my mother. <laughs> yes, I know. For years, I've been blaming the blacks for things. But in this one and only instance, I was doing a little racism. <laughs> and for that, I am canceling myself. Uh, yeah, a good thing. You know, t- Tony holding himself accountable, you know, always good. Got to hold yourself accountable. Um, and uh, yeah, and then he tells Johnny Sack to go fuck himself because he knows that if he gives away the location of Tony B, that they're not just going to murder him, but they're going to fucking torture him and all that stuff. And he's like, fuck that. So he decides not to, and that's the episode. Um, yeah, I would, I, I, I gotta say that it's like one of the. It is easily one of the best episodes, most memorable episodes of The Sopranos. Um, I mean, just fucking maybe top three of all time. So if I had to give this like a letter grade, probably yeah, I'd say I give it a B plus. What about you, Vince? What would you give it? Yeah, I mean, it's a giant among episodes. It is arguably like the most uh dramatic episode of the sopranos that there is uh and on that basis i i have to give it a solid b plus all right all right chris what would you give this episode if you had to give it a letter grade you know it's incredibly lean is the thing like we were talking about bad scenes i'm not even sure if i have one Mm -hmm. like there's all this stuff there it's all tense the whole time but they never overplay it Never feel like they're trying to uh, lead you on too much about where it goes, mm-hmm. uh, which is something that sometimes they, especially I thought in the last season, they got uh, happened a little too much. Um, but, you know, I, I, it is, I would say, top five episodes for me. Uh, unbelievable work by Drea DiMatteo. Solid mm-hmm. B plus episode. Yeah, solid B plus. I think uh, we're all in agreement. 
agreement. This is a solid B-plus episode of The Sopranos and a solid A-plus episode of Pod Yourself a Gun. Uh, Chris Cabin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and uh, talking about The Sopranos with us. Thanks for having me, guys. Have yeah, me back again. I love this shit. Oh, I'd love to have you back. Uh, when, when, uh, where can people find you on the uh, on the old internet? Oh, uh, I'm at I'm on Twitter at uh, at Crabin C R A B I N. Uh, I do a podcast called We Hate Movies. Uh, we have a Patreon, patreoncom movies. We make fun of uh, some silly movies, some good, some bad. Mix it all up. We've been doing it for a couple of years. Have a lot of fun uh but yeah thanks for having me again guys absolutely thank you for coming on patreon.com slash fraudcast for all of the episodes of the fraudcast where vince and i uh, talk about movies talk about holly weird all that shit uh the and the eight dollar tier gets you a shout out so vince mm. it's time for you to put on your mafia name hat uh, that's a type of hat. Yeah, that you wear when you give mafia names to uh, our new uh, patrons. Are you ready? Mm. Was that a yes? Yeah, yeah, that's a yes. Okay. Our first is Mitch Gray. Oh, Mitch. Yeah, we call him Baywatch. His name was Mitch on that show. What was it Baywatch? Oh, really? okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did not know that. Yeah, Mitch, Mitch Buchanan. Fuck, it's like you oh. don't even. <laughs> Realize that our next show that we watch for this podcast is going to be Baywatch. Well, Ooh. fair enough. Um, <laughs> next, we have um, an account. Uh, we got uh, $8 from, uh, or more than that, actually, um, from Everything Goes Dumb. Hmm. That's I don't know how to give a mafia name hmm. to a thing that's already a name. E-G- EGD. Uh, I'm going to switch it around. He's going to be the GED. Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Go to junior college. next we have uh william roush yeah yeah the roush doesn't that mean uh i think that means smoke in uh germany so we're gonna call him billy smokes okay Mm -hmm. all right billy smokes yeah that's clean i like it yeah um all right uh then we got uh howard webster yeah webster like the uh, the black little person we're gonna call him different strokes is there who's the, what is that the name of the Gary Coleman's character? Oh no, there was a different show called Webster who Webster. that also had another uh little person. Uh, a black little person. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Uh, it was the golden <laughs> age of black little people actor. I didn't know that there was a golden age, but that's yeah. cool. Uh Jesse Franklin is the next one. Jesse Franklin. Oh. We're going to call this guy the glove. Why? <laughs> Why? I think Franklin. They make baseball gloves, don't they? Oh, okay, okay, oh, okay. Right. That's yeah, good. That, that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, that's perfectly good. Uh, two more. Brett Timperman. Timperman. Timpani man. We call him drums. Hey, drums. Oh, I like it. Okay, Timpani. Yeah, that that was that actually worked. I like that one a lot. And uh, finally, Michael Allen, who is our newest twenty dollar page. Boy, is that a hard nickname to give, Michael? Alan, we're just—it sounds like Marcus Allen. We're gonna call this guy Sports. <laughs> hey, Sports hey. over here! Yeah. Come here, well, Sports. Be, uh, sports, like, give me some smokes. Hey, Sparky. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, hey, Sports. Tell Baywatch to go and uh, kill GED. <laughs> All right. 
Well, that is our $8 patrons. Patreon.com slash broadcast. $8 tier gets you the goddamn shout out. Um, broadcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the googly voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, don't stop believing. Pushing down on aid, pushing down on Chris, not just on tape. Lunter barking, Lunter skipping town, shut Billy's brother down. Like a dog in the street. Gotta be, gotta be, Gabaco, Gabaco, Gabaco. Adriana tells Chris to wrap his family out. They both say their goodbyes, but Tony's traced the call. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.